The Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast is sponsored by U.S. Bank. Embracing what makes us unique creates more possibilities for all. Learn more at usbank.com diversity. U.S. Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. We get to engage people, advance ideas, and ignite change because of the generous support from our community. If you find our resources meaningful or valuable, please consider supporting the forum today. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. Thank you very much for your support and generosity. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way the Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, thank you for joining us for today's podcast, Elevate Your Change Management Game, Accelerating Progress Through Strategic Intention with Angela Cooper of Mutual of Omaha. I'm Ben Rue, Program Coordinator here at the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. Influencing the future is a big job. Are you up for it? As DEI practitioners and leaders, we must approach change leadership with a strategic mind, a psychological lens, an empathetic core, and a concrete plan. This podcast will offer behind the scenes perspective from a professionally certified change manager turned chief diversity officer, sharing tools, insights, and methods for leading a cultural change initiative in any environment. In this podcast, you will learn an approach for organizing a comprehensive change strategy, how to frame up and leverage a core change message, techniques to influence multiple stakeholders, meeting them where they are, and why you should expect a resistance and how to manage through it. Angela Cooper is the Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion at Mutual of Omaha. In this position, she collaborates with stakeholders and leaders to help the company leverage diversity and inclusion as strategic business drivers, elevating innovation, decision-making, engagement, productivity, and customer orientation. She also has oversight over the company's culture-shaping program and nine employee resource groups. Thank you so much, Ben. I really am thrilled to be here and thankful to the forum for creating this platform for all of us to really learn from one another. I wanted to start out by telling you a little more about myself that's not written in my formal bio. So I am a foodie's wife. Uh, Posting pictures of our dinner on social media is a regular occurrence at my house. I'm a mom to two rambunctious and hilarious children who are constantly on the go. I'm also someone who, as a recovering perfectionist and someone with an invisible disability, lives with and manages both chronic pain and anxiety. Uh, My husband has epilepsy, my daughter has severe food allergies, and mental health issues run deep in my family. I'm a part of a multiracial and multi-ethnic family, and I've had a front row seat to all the ways that white privilege and bias have impacted those that I love the most. And all of these things together have really given me a special understanding of the ways that our identities impact our lived experience. And so for me, this work is very personal. Now, in my career, um, I've been a DNI practitioner for about five years. I was trained as a Lean Six Sigma process engineer, 
So I learned uh, early on how to optimize processes, which is a fancy way of saying uh, figuring out the best and really the most efficient way of doing things. And that meant that I was involved in bringing forth a lot of new ideas and really asking people to change their ways of thinking and their ways of getting work done. So I spent a lot of time researching change management, reading and even getting certified in a formal change management program. And over the course of many years, I have used several tools to help lead change in very tactical ways. And I've really found them to be invaluable as I um, have come into my role leading diversity, equity, and inclusion work, which essentially is leading uh, transformational culture change. So today, what I want to talk to you about um, is what I've learned and really to just share some of my tried and true secrets. Um, there is an entire body of work dedicated to the art and science of change management. And although there's no silver bullet, uh, there are a lot of practical tools that exist to accelerate the adoption of cultural change. And I really feel that we have to be intentional, vigorously intentional about designing and executing and reinforcing organ organizational change. Um, and that it's not only possible to engineer that journey, but it's really critical. So let me start by saying, um, as a DNI leader, wherever you sit in your organization, whether you have the formal title or not, um, you wear many hats. So you must be a strategist, um, as well as someone who can tactically execute on the plans. You must be a writer, a trainer, a data analyst and statistician, uh, a project manager, I might even say an organizational psychologist. Um, you have to be a hard question asker and an innovator and a visionary, uh, as well as an ongoing student, really soaking up everything you can personally to build your own cultural competence. But ultimately, and I think most importantly, you need to be a passionate and well-organized influencer of change because the very reason that the need for this work exists is because we are not yet where we need to be. We need to change and we need to help lead the change. So today I'm going to be talking with you about these four kind of ideas related to change management. Uh, the first is really how to organize an approach for a comprehensive change strategy how to really lean on a core change message, uh, how you can influence multiple stakeholders, and then we're gonna talk a little about resistance and why you should expect it and how to manage through it uh, and how you can lean heavily on your communications plan. And at the end, as a little bonus, if we have time, I'll share with you a few secrets of mine that I hope can help you as much as they've helped me. So let's dive into this uh, change management comprehensive plan. I think first of all, we need to acknowledge that change management can be approached scientifically as a process. And you, sh you should and you can organize a comprehensive and structured plan around it. So first, let's define change management. Change management is an intentionally organized approach focused on people which helps to activate engagement, accelerate adoption, and capture the positive energy around a change. 
So to start at the very beginning, we are making an assumption that most people associated with the change are probably uncomfortable with it to some degree. Neuroscience tells us that we are most comfortable with those things we find familiar because we know how to make sense of them. So when things change, it creates discomfort. And what change management does is it minimizes that discomfort and increases the likelihood that whatever change you are moving through can happen faster and easier. So that sounds good, right? So let's get into how that works. So when we're thinking about what a change management strategy looks like, it has multiple components and you can tweak this to your needs and you should. But at a minimum, your strategy should include a core message, a stakeholder analysis, or maybe in the form of a resistance management plan, a sponsor roadmap, and a communication plan. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about each one of those. So you start by building a core message. And the very first thing you need to do is clarify what is changing. And that might sound simple, but when you get into it, it's actually pretty hard. And it's worth spending some time on because you need to be certain that you fully understand the change imperative or the situation that is causing the need for the change. It's the why. And if you don't buy it, no one else will either. So I'm going to read you a list of questions that I think you need to develop answers to. And you can use these answers as the basis for all of your communications moving forward. So here we go with the questions. The first one is, what is the history or what has happened in the past? And here, you know, you can think about how will you offer some context and some background to set the stage for what's going to be happening. Describe what has been done well and why it has worked and acknowledge the past with respect. The next question to ask is, why do we need to change? So here, explain where the organization is today and use data and facts that accurately portray the current state. Share why the change is necessary. And think about how you can align the change with the vision and direction for the organization. This shouldn't be something isolated. You also need to help people understand what's in it for them personally. How will it create value or make their lives easier? How will it help them? You can also present in this piece the benefits to the organization. You know, think about is it market share and growth, job security, talent attraction, development, retention, profitability, any of those that apply to this change you're doing really link those together. And you need to warn of the business risks if a change is not made. So make it compelling and be clear that this is real and this will happen. Which brings us to the next question. What exactly will happen? So offer a broad overview of how the organization will transition to the future state and share what will change and when. Next, really think a little deeper about how this change will impact individuals. So discuss the details of the roles that might be changing, um, how employees' expectations or day-to-day -day activities might be affected. You can help employees prepare for the change by offering resources, training opportunities, um, knowledge building to really give them the skills that they need to get through this. Next, when will the change happen? So provide a high level timeline 
and milestones and really set expectations for, you know, what will people be told when, when will additional communications be coming out, um, what will the future timing and activities be, and you might find it helpful here to really even develop kind of a continuum with milestones or a maturity model to represent the different phases of the journey for you and to describe what the outcome will look like at each juncture. Then to put a bow on the communications around this core message, um, you can wrap it up with a respectful reminder to the audience that they are the ones responsible for making the change happen and creating a new reality, but ensure that they know they will be supported as they move through it uh, because people are the ones that need to decide to change. And again, you know, these are all just kind of reflection questions for you um, to go through and to develop answers to and give some thought to. And it's really important to take this time to clarify all of this up front because it helps ensure that you have certainty in your own understanding, and it will also essentially create a tool that you can use to gain support and alignment from others about your plan. So all of this becomes your core message. And speaking of others, that brings us to the second piece of this strategy, which is your stakeholder analysis. So essentially what you need to do here is to consider who you really need buy-in from for this change to be successful. You know, is it your senior leadership team? Is it your HR partners or a certain business area, a certain role? You know, maybe it's middle managers, uh, maybe it's a certain group or committee and list those folks out. And then for each group, consider where they are in terms of support for the change. So basically, you want to acknowledge the reality of where you have support and where you need to build it. And you need to consider resistance management here. So a few quick words about resistance. We need to remember that resistance is a natural human reaction to change. So you should expect it and you should plan for it. And in fact, I strongly believe that if you don't get any resistance, it might be a sign that you're not actually bringing forward any real change. So the key to managing resistance um, is really to identify that, you know, it's going to happen and know that you can address the root causes of what is happening. So for each of those stakeholders that you listed out, think about what symptoms of resistance you might anticipate and how will you sense that and how will it show up for people? So maybe that looks like, you know, people being unwilling to participate in something or, you know, sending out vague communications that don't really um, get to the heart of the matter. Or maybe people will, you know, outright display a pessimistic attitude or have a lack of input, or maybe they'll just be able to, uh, unable to devote the time. So just go through each audience and think about what that resistance might look like. And then, once you're done with that, which with thinking about how each kind of stakeholder might be resistant, think a little deeper about what might be behind those actions and what might be driving that behavior. So here you want to assume positive intent. People are doing the best they can. They have their own priorities. Uh, they're coming from a place that makes sense to them. So think about just what could the potential cause or the core issue be when it comes to them lacking support for the diversity and equity and inclusion work? And maybe it's just awareness. Maybe they might not even be clued in to what's happening. Uh, they might have a blind spot or a bias that prevents them from seeing the need. 
or maybe they don't have a desire to support the change because they're concerned about losing control or they don't understand what's in it for them. Or consider that some people won't have the skills or the knowledge or the ability to support the change, even if they want to, they won't know how or they won't be able to. So once you understand the root cause or the potential root cause of the resistance, then you can brainstorm how you might be able to address it. So for instance, if you identify that a certain group of stakeholders are not even aware that this change needs to happen, you don't wanna start with training. You need to build a plan to get that awareness to them. And think back to your core message, right? This is where that will come in handy. You'll have all the information you need about the change written down at your fingertips. So think about how can you use that? You know, maybe you need to tap into a credible sender that that stakeholder trusts. Or maybe you need to communicate more about the benefits of the change and how it aligns with the things they care about. So I know this takes a significant amount of thinking and effort, but doing this work always pays off. Um, it really allows you to create a customized approach for different stakeholders and respect where they're coming from so that you can help move them forward. Okay, so in particular now, I wanna talk about one particular stakeholder, which is your change sponsor. So for every major change, you really need to identify a high level individual that is formally positioned in support of your change. So what does this sponsor do? Well, they do lots of things. So first and foremost, they share accountability for your success. Uh, they understand the scope of what you are doing, as well as the business drivers and the risk and the business impacts. Uh, they ensure that your work aligns with the strategic business vision and the operational goals. Um, they demonstrate their personal commitment and they advocate on your behalf and in support of your work. And they also can build a coalition with their peers and with other influencers and communicate business messages uh, across the organization. So you need to choose a person to be your primary active and visible champion for this change, just beyond yourself. So in the case of DEI work, you know, maybe this is your CEO or your executive director or your CHRO, or maybe it's another well-respected leader. Uh, just think about who can do this for you and who would be ideal to play this champion role. And it really needs to be someone with significant influence, uh, someone you can get access to on a regular basis and really work with closely. Uh, and someone that you can trust. So how exactly do you work with the sponsor? Uh, let's get into that. So first, um, you help them understand everything about the change and the rationale for it. So remember your trusty core message, you know, again, here's where you can pull that back out and make some good use of it. So schedule an initial meeting with your sponsor to go through your core message and ask for their support and talk about the role that you would like them to play. And here is why they will say yes, because you will help them be particularly effective. So as a good change manager, you are going to make this very easy for them by building something called a sponsor roadmap. So essentially, you will spend time thinking about how your sponsor can make the greatest impact and you will create visibility for them and enable them to actively support this change. So this means you will be doing things like 
scheduling times into their calendar where you need them to walk the floor or to visit team members or to encourage people or to recognize them for good work that they're doing. Um, you might book them into meetings where they need to make an appearance. Um, you might prep them for messages they need to deliver or points they need to make. Um, you might be organizing their speaking points for something or writing communications that they need to send out. Or you might even leverage their position by, you know, requesting that certain meetings get scheduled from their calendar. So certainly this will be a collaboration. They should have input and you welcome their ideas. But again, you will spend a significant amount of time thinking about how to leverage their position and, and their influence. And then you will work to make those things happen behind the scenes on their behalf and for them and with them architecting how all of this change management will fall into place as you go. So once you establish who your sponsor will be, you will meet regularly with your sponsor to update them on project accomplishments, um, really share your upcoming plans and discuss any obstacles. And most importantly in that meeting, each time you will leave them with an updated sponsor roadmap. So I really recommend that you write down a few specific things that you would like them to do for you. So yes, this does take some extra work, but the payoff really will be worth it. And leveraging a sponsor can really accelerate the pace of your change. So the last piece of your change management strategy I'll talk about today is the communication plan. So this is something that a lot of us are familiar with, and you can make this as simple or as complex as you like but it's absolutely necessary to have this. So putting pen to paper and creating a communication plan really helps identify how you will pull together every other piece of your strategy and really rally multiple audiences to support your work. So in the case of diversity, equity, and inclusion, communicating about the work you are doing is almost just as important as doing the work itself. You really need to create some strong visibility and familiarity around some very complex topics and your communication plan will help you think through all of that. So to create it, you list out your audiences first. You know, who are all of your stakeholders and who needs to know what you are doing? Um, whose support do you need? Then looking back at your stakeholder analysis, you know, think about the objectives you ident identified in uh, order to get support from each one of those audiences and identify what needs to be accomplished through your communication. You know, what specific information needs to be communicated and how, you know, will you email, phone call, um, schedule a meeting, post something somewhere? How's that gonna happen? By which sender and when? And this is something really fluid. So your communication plan should be a living document and it becomes stale very quickly. So it's important to look at it often and update it to match what you need to accomplish next. Okay, so that really summarizes um, the essential pieces of your comprehensive change strategy. I will just reemphasize here, you can and should take a structured approach to change management. So build a comprehensive change strategy. Um, frame up and leverage your core message. Plan to meet multiple stakeholders where they are to help them through their change journey. 
and expect resistance. Um, know that you can use communications and training and visible sponsorship to help you navigate through all of this. So I hope that piece on the change strategy was helpful. Um, and before we wrap up today, I thought I'd share a little bonus with a few personal kind of trade secrets that I've learned along the way. Um, so here, here we go. First, you just need to remember that this is ambiguous and you may not feel good at it. Um, you won't always know what to do next and things are gonna throw you. So uh, just remember that you need to keep going and don't give up. Um, I just recommend asking a lot of questions. You know, when you're not sure what to do next, ask a question. Um, insert yourself into as many meetings as possible. Talk to as many people as possible to really get an understanding of what's happening all around you, um, how people are perceiving what's happening, and really to build your understanding of how change happens in your environment. And follow the cues from other change leaders in your organization. You know, notice how they're achieving what they're what they're doing and and follow their lead. I'll also just say, you know, be confident. You are talented and you can figure this out um, and take it one step at a time and really figure out kind of what comes next. What is the next best step, even if I can't see very far ahead of me? Um, I'm going to do what comes next and then I'm going to trust that the path will become clearer for me as I go. Um, another thing I just want to point out here is that you should recognize that everyone associated with a large-scale change is probably uncomfortable with it to some degree. And you yourself may be uncomfortable. So really have self-compassion and recognize that you have your own change journey and you need some time too to process what is happening all around you. Um, you really need to be mindful of your own emotional state and know that people are looking to you to set the tone and the pace of the change. So be the thermostat, not the thermometer. And you know, don't forget all the people around you that are looking to you um, for cues. And don't forget that your senior leaders, uh, your sponsor, and your own manager might need change managed as well. Um, next, I will just say, as we all know, this is mentally and emotionally exhausting work. So you are influencing hearts and minds. Um, you are structurally tearing down systemic barriers that have existed for a long, long time. Um, and you need to support yourself through that. Um, if you don't already have one, I highly, highly recommend that you settle into a daily meditation practice and do not skimp on that time. Um, that is time that you are devoting to yourself and it is absolutely necessary for you in order for you to function at your best. Your brain needs regular rest breaks and periods of time to refresh so that you can think through all of this and really, like I said, be at your best. And last, I'll just say, don't forget to recognize and celebrate the small wins along the way. Um, you have to watch out for those and kind of pat yourself and others on the back and really encourage people to keep going. Um, there's no shortage of work to be done, and it is arduous work and exhausting work. And so we have to celebrate where we do make progress and keep pushing for more. 
And most of all, we need to have a concrete plan for how we are going to influence this change. So that's all I have today. Again, I just really wanna uh, thank you for having me and thank you for all that you do to highlight these important topics. Thank you so much, Angela, for that wonderful podcast. If you would like to learn more about how you can elevate your change management game, feel free to contact Angela at angela.cooper at mutualofomaha.com. You can listen to more forum podcasts at our website, forumworkplaceinclusion.org forward slash podcast, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates in the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. And Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the local arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.